Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Did this team need a laugher or what? Welcome on into the Phillies Today podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wilson, coming to you following a Phillies 15-3 win over the Miami Marlins, a series opener against the Miami Miami Marlins down at Citizens Bank Park. And this is the type of game that the Phillies needed for, for so many ways. We will get into all the nuts and bolts. We will get into the Phillies just who apparently own Sandy Alcantara. We will get into uh, you know a lineup change that Rob Thompson set up before the game and how that's going to work out and guys who are off to an incredible start uh, to the 2023 campaign. Uh, we will get into uh, a guy who was honored before the game and got a ring and why this game was so important, how the offense really showed itself in this game in a way that we haven't seen all year. I mean, 39% of the runs were scored in this game that the Phillies have scored all season. 15 runs in this game. They've scored uh, a total in the entire 2023 season, they scored 38 runs, and 15 of them came uh, in this game tonight. I mean, just an absolutely incredible effort. The Phillies, like I said, apparently own Sandy Alcantara. Uh, he has a 3.94 ERA against the Phillies since the beginning of last season, a 2.08 ERA against everybody else. Uh, this is the reigning National League Cy Young Award winner. I- I'm not exactly what sure when what happens when this guy steps into Citizens Bank Park or even faces members of the Philadelphia Phillies in Miami, but this is the type of guy who is dominant, flat-out dominant against other teams. And when you looked at the pitching matchup coming into this game, Matt Strom versus Sandy Alcantara, no one, and I mean, I'm sure literally no one, assumed that this game would end 15-3, to maybe in the Marlins' favor, but certainly not in the Phillies' favor. So, again, I think the takeaway from this game has to be the offense just desperately needed this. First of all, the bullpen... You know, the Phillies are about to enter a stretch where they don't have an off day for like three weeks here. Uh, The bullpen certainly needed some help, especially after that gauntlet of a series. I call it a gauntlet of a series. I mean, they should have swept it, but the game where they blew it against the Reds on Sunday and, you know, they were were tight games uh, on Friday and Saturday that they needed, you know, relief help uh, to get through. And this was basically an off day for the bullpen. I mean, the only guys who came on in relief uh, were McKinley Moore and Andrew Vasquez, not exactly your high leverage relief guys. Good to get a guy like Alvarado a day off, a day a guy like Kimbrell uh, a day off, a guy like Sir Anthony Dominguez who could desperately need some time off. Uh, they didn't even have to sniff taking the warm-up jacket off uh, in this game Monday night. The F- Phillies, again, putting up 15 runs, just blowing the Marlins out of the water. So they tagged Sandy Alcantara himself. Uh, they chased him after four innings. He allowed nine runs, and then they tacked on more on Devin Smelter, who's uh, a local Voorhees native and... Grew up a huge Phillies fan. They didn't take it up. They didn't take it easy on that guy. Uh, he is he allows six runs total, five unearned. But this is a game where you know you chase the reigning Cy Young Award winner out of the game. Uh, Alec Bohm kills another mammoth home run. He looks amazing, amazing here to start the season. 
uh, and just looked really amazing in the last couple of days. I mean, this was another Titanic shot that if you're at Citizens Bank Park, it it just rips one into the night. It's almost, you know, reminiscent of Matt Stairs ripping one into the night uh, during the 2008 NLCS. That guy's swing it just looks so beautiful every time he connects. It's, it's really textbook level through the ball. Uh, and when he hits it, he's lifting the ball a lot more than he used to. Really, really like what I'm seeing from him to start the year. Um, Bryson Stott hit leadoff in this game. Uh, that, that's something that I wanted to get to as well. Bryson Stott hitting leadoff in this game was an interesting move by Rob Thompson and one that, frankly, I liked and deserved. You know, you don't, it's not often that, you know, you see the manager toy with the lineup this early in the season, but we haven't been seeing necessarily the same lineups from day to day. And I think that's more of a modern day baseball approach. I mean, years and years ago, you would see the same lineup day in and day out. And it's still, Close to the same thing, variations of the same thing. Uh, but Bryson Stott, who has just been working incredible at bats here to start the year, he gets another uh, hit in this game, or he actually had two hits in this game uh, in six at bats. And he extends his hitting streak to start the year to 10 games. And that's a career long for him. He extended it uh, another career long. His at bats, he fouls off pitches. He sees the ball really, really well. He doesn't chase balls out of the zone and he gets himself on base. And so Rob Thompson decides to put him in the, in the leadoff spot. Trey Turner moved down to two. Uh, and then you had Kyle Schwarber down to three. Nick Castellanos to four. And I want to get to him in a second, what I'm seeing out of him. I think he's getting a lot of, not receiving enough credit for, uh, I guess, the improvement he I've seen here uh, to begin the season. Not necessarily lighting up the stat sheet, uh, but he is, I think, showing noticeable, noticeable improvement uh, at the plate here in 2023. And when I say not lighting up the stat sheet, like his numbers are pretty solid, but what I'm referring to is it's not as if he's, he's still not hitting the ball out of the ballpark. He's still not necessarily the guy who was an all-star a couple of years ago, uh, but he's not chasing pitches out of the zone the way he used to. He seems to be more plugged in and more of a menace in these games. The other day on Saturday against the Reds, he's coming further off the bag. And now on Monday night's game, he gets tossed because he's, yelling at umpires like this is an intense guy who seems to be more locked in is not chasing pitches out of the zone seemed to really work on his deficiencies in the offseason uh, so I think that is a good sign as well so this was a team win just an overall team win we're just about everybody with the exception of Cody Clemens uh looked good he was the only guy who did not get a hit uh, for the Phillies in this one but Bryson Stott in contributed to this win Trey Turner just continues to contribute. A game where they scored 15 runs. You had so Jake Cave had a home run in this game. Trey Turner drove in a run. Nick Castellanos doubled uh, and drove in a run. Alec Bohm singled and drove in a run. Castellanos drove in another run. Bohm drove in another run. Marsh doubled and drove in a run. Castellanos again. Bohm again with a home run. Uh, Christian Pache even drove in a run. Who says that guy couldn't hit? Well, I did and most people did, but that was not the case necessarily on Monday night. And then Brandon Marsh homered again. So, it, you know, everyone getting in two, three, multiple times. The offense just explodes and makes it a laugh. Run Sandy Alcantara off the mound. Uh, and it, it was a game that everyone could feel good about. There was never really close. And by the way, this pitch clock, despite the fact that uh, there were 18 runs total scored in the game, game was still over uh, right around the 9-10, 9-15 mark. I didn't see what the exact time of game was. Uh, but these games are flying in 2023, uh, even when lots of runs are scored. So that has to be the takeaway 
uh, from 2020, from not 2023, from Phillies Marlins uh, game one of the series. Now, of course, the way baseball works, I'm sure they'll come back tomorrow and get two hits right off of Jesus Lazardo. Uh, but this is how you need to start a series, and this is how they needed to bounce back, frankly, uh, following a game on Sunday against the Reds where they had it there until, well, I, I'm not going to say they had it there until the last inning, but they had the lead there until the last inning when it finally came crashing down, a game in which they had about four base running mistakes, had nine walks. They were inviting the Reds to win that game each and every which way, and then finally it catches up to them. So I think in this particular case, it's good to see that this team is resilient. It's good to see that the offense did explode against the Cy Young Award winner who struggles against the Phillies. And I think it's good to see the continual improvement from guys uh, who struggle in 2022. Castellanos, Bryson Stott, you know, he would work at bats, but he sometimes would have trouble converting those to hits or converting those to getting on base. Uh, and that is not the issue here uh, in 2023. I don't think anyone necessarily saw him, le- you know, he's an interesting case for a leadoff guy, and the case had been made in the past, but I don't know if anyone would have necessarily predicted that in game 10 of the season uh, that Bryson Stott would be leading this team off, and that's who Trey Turner uh, would go second to. Again, it seems anything works uh, when you win the game, when you go 15-3 against the Marlins. Uh, we'll be interesting to see if uh, Topper goes back to a lineup like that on Tuesday. Uh, of course, they will be facing a lefty in Lazardo, and maybe that'll shake some things up. Um, but very, very interesting changes all around. Very, very interesting to see the improvements this team has made. And really interesting to see also, uh, from a pitching standpoint, kind of flying under the radar because of how good the offense was in this game. Uh, my final opening takeaway here is just how good Matt Strom has been. I mean, he's it's only been a couple of starts. He pitched a clean inning on opening day. He pitched a uh, four-inning outing. Uh, up there at Yankee Stadium uh, in the Tuesday game, in the team's first win of the year. Uh, and now here they are again. They win, you know, they win again behind Matt Strom. And he goes five innings, no scoreless baseball. Again, he had tons of run support, so I'm sure that certainly helps. But Matt Strom, with the early struggles this team had or, you know, continued to have uh, on Sunday, don't blame Matt Strom. I mean, he's holding up his end of the bargain and. You know, certainly Ranger Suarez, you hope to get him back as soon as possible. But right now, it's not as if Ranger Suarez coming back and kicking Strom back to the bullpen is exactly what this team needs to correct the mistakes that have been happening. I mean, he is really, really allowing the Phillies to not take their time with Suarez, but do the right thing and bring him back when he's legitimately healthy. It's not as if there's added pressure uh, to get him back in the rotation because, again, frankly, Strom is doing his job. I mean, Strom looked really, really good tonight. A lot of the at-bats uh, for the Marlins, I mean, they were quick sides of the frame. They were quick innings. Uh, he didn't allow a ton of traffic. He didn't allow uh, base runners for this Miami Marlins team. You look at his stat line, uh, he goes five innings, four hits, one walk, six strikeouts. He gives you 59 pitches. You know, they're not asking him to go super deep into games. They're asking him to give the team a chance. And in a night where they score 15 runs, he didn't. He wasn't the only reason they had a chance to win this game. But give you know keep the team competitive. Turn it over to the bullpen, and I'm sure when Rob Thompson you know lined up against Sandy Alcantara, he expected it at the best case scenario to be a close game, and he'd have to go to his bullpen uh, to try and turn it over to guys like Alvarado, like Kimbrel, like Dominguez, who would have to keep this game close. Uh, instead, he was able to turn it over to McKinley Moore uh, and Andrew Vasquez. McKinley Moore, by the way, making his major league debut uh, in a Phillies uniform. Uh, goes an inning in the third, allows 
three runs, the all three of the runs uh, that the Marlins scored. So not necessarily a great night for him, but a great night for the Phillies because they didn't have to use any of their arms uh, that particularly matter. So Matt Strom doing his job. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying it, but, you know, for the early going here, it does seem like he is going to patch up that fifth spot in the rotation. And it, there's no real immediate rush uh, to get Ranger Suarez back if you're looking to just kick Strom out of the rotation. Maybe Bailey Falter, uh, you know, you would look to, I don't think they're going to kick him out of the rotation, but you want to get Ranger Suarez back um, to create depth in your rotation and to give yourself another starter that you feel really comfortable about. Uh, but don't look to Matt Strom because he is holding up his end of the... The Phillies asked him to do a job, get it, turn it over the bullpen, fourth, fifth inning, uh, whatever the case might be, uh, and he's been doing it here uh, in the year 2023. So again, the final, 15-3, to the Phillies win it over the Marlins, uh, a night where the offense explodes, a night where Gene Segura, he, he receives his National League Championship Series ring, uh, or is that his NL pennant ring? Uh, I should say, for going to the World Series last year. It'll be interesting to see uh, guys when they return, uh, you know, how that goes with them giving the rings back. I know the Tigers come here in June, uh, so guys like Matt Vierling uh, will receive it there. Uh, Matt Vierling and Nick Mayton, I should say, will both receive it when they come in. Guys like Zach Eflin, where the Phillies only go uh, to Tampa Bay this year, the Rays don't come here, I don't know, uh, what happens exactly there? Do they mail it to him? Do they bring it down and present it to him in person uh, when the Phillies play the Rays? Um, but there will be a number of guys, you know, cycling through Citizens Bank Park this year uh, to claim the ring for the magical season that was 2022. So I'm going to give some of my takeaways on Segura. I was down at the ballpark uh, on Monday night, and he spoke to the media pregame, and I thought he gave some, you know, really cool, honest answers uh, about that, and as well as what's ahead. Uh, in the final two games of this Phillies-Marlins series, and then, of course, as the team heads to Cincinnati uh, this coming weekend. Again, you're listening to the Phillies Today podcast. I am Dan Wilson. Keep it right here for more Phillies Today. Welcome back into the Phillies Today podcast. I'm your host today, Dan Wilson. Again, recapping a Phillies 15-3 win over the Miami Marlins. We'll get into uh, game two of this series on the pitching matchup there and uh, what to look for there as well in terms of a lineup construction from Rob Thompson. Again, Rob Thompson going uh, with Bryson Stott uh, in the leadoff spot in game one of this series, but uh, Jesus Lazardo, uh, who will be the you know starter for the Miami Marlins in game two of this series, is a lefty. Bryson Stott also, of course, a lefty. Uh, so interesting to monitor there, and I'll get into what he said about that in a second. However, uh, I wanted to start this this segment, the segment two here, uh, with Gene Segura returning and kind of just how cool it was uh, to be down there and, you know, be, be credentialed for this game and uh, get to talk to uh, some of the players who were made available and from the Marlins. Uh, that was Gene Segura because, of course, he was here for that magical run a season ago. And, uh, you know, he goes out there, he gets his ring from Middleton and Dave Dombrowski. But I would say, in my opinion, my takeaway was he was very, very happy uh, to be back in Philadelphia, talk to the media from Philadelphia, just be on the field and, you know, get back talking to the guys uh, from the Phillies. I mean, he was asked a number of things in regards to how happy he is to be back, how how he reacted when he saw Reese Hoskins went down. He said he texted him. He still talks to a number of the guys. He was looking forward to during batting practice and throughout the game, talking to these guys uh, throughout the series. And his face really lit up when uh, he was asked about his favorite memories from last year and the way he was able to contribute. I mean, remember, this is a guy who 
uh, you know, was setting him and Romuto uh, were setting records among the leaders in Major League Baseball, literally the top two of uh, for regular season games played and never making the postseason. And then they both finally got a taste of that, uh, you know, a year ago. Romuto having come from the Marlins and now Segura heading to the Marlins, of course, had a previous career, uh, you know, with teams like the Brewers and the Arizona Diamondbacks. And he he finally gets himself uh, with the Phillies in his fourth season, fourth and final season. Uh, he, he really opened up about the up and down road and relationship he had with the Phillies and with the fans. Of course, remember, he had a little bit of a, a back and forth with Joe Girardi during the COVID season. He once, you know, didn't cause an injury, but, you know, was the source. He hit a pop-up in San Diego, and uh, Andrew McCutcheon ended up getting injured as as a result of him not running out the ball and, um, I mean, I mean, there were a number of, of issues with not hustling, things of that nature. And but when push came to shove, uh, when he was back at uh, Citizens Bank Park uh, on Monday night, this was following a team that went to the World Series and following uh, a magical run for a Philadelphia Phillies team that no one will ever forget. And he was really just happy to be back. He said again, he texted Reese Hoskins, like he, you can tell he's still close with a number of these players. Uh, you can tell that he really just enjoys himself uh, on a baseball field. And he was also pretty open about the fact that he, someone asked him, you know, where will last year rank? And he goes, look, you can't take those things for granted. Um, I'm not positive. This is, I'm paraphrasing, but that he's not positive he'll ever make it back to the postseason. I mean, who's to say whether he will or he won't? But it's kind of a bit of a tough mindset to have. I mean, he, you want a player, if you're the Marlins, uh, you want your players to believe that you will contend for the postseason, contend for a championship while you're there. But Gene Segura, I guess, has been around long enough and keeping it real with the media uh, in the dugout on Monday night that he's not he's not sure if he'll ever make it back to the playoffs. He's not sure uh, whether this kind of run will ever manifest itself again. He certainly will always remember last year, uh, and he was grinning ear to ear just to be back. So I thought that was really, really cool. Uh, that Philadelphia will always hold a, a special place in Gene Segura's heart. He also mentioned that he was, you know, he, he was not not happy to leave, but content with leaving in the sense that he could kind of sense it coming. I mean, you could tell that he wasn't necessarily stunned that they were going to go out in free agency and, you know, be a player for a guy like Trey Turner. Naturally, that would mean that Bryson Stott moves over to second base and Gene Segura's the odd man out. I mean, there was talk that he probably wouldn't come back, that a player who was well-liked and certainly helped uh, and had some big playoff moments uh, for sure. That big hit in St. Louis uh, comes to mind that here's a guy who, while he was, he'll always be loved. It's just the nature of the business uh, was going to be kind of pushed out of Philadelphia and he knew it and the team knew it. And a lot of the fans knew it. Uh, but certainly when he came back on Monday night, so good to see him uh, early in the season and within the division that they were able to give him his ring. He got a very, very nice ovation, um, going going to the batter's box uh, his first time through the order. Something interesting that I was thinking to myself uh, and actually tweeted out while watching the game is they did stop the pitch clock for him to get an ovation. But in theory, I guess the pitch clock is supposed to be running. So is it possible that a player could ever... Is it possible that a player could ever get called for a violation, called for a strike uh, if they were receiving an ovation from the fans? Not the case at Citizens Bank Park. I doubt that anyone with a pulse would actually do that, but I guess it would be kind of funny uh, if that were to happen because that's the only way that there can be a slowing up process of the game at this point 
uh, in the year 2023. Anyway, he great to see uh, Gene Segura back uh, at Citizens Bank Park. He certainly was happy to be back. All the fans were happy to see that he was back, uh, and that was a really, really cool moment. Now, looking ahead, uh, coming up to uh, Game 2 of this series, where uh, the Phillies, again, the blueprint is there. They scored 15 runs, and uh, Aaron Nola, who I say incredibly sarcastically, we always know the Phillies give run support for him. Uh, Aaron Nola, who has been known to you know, sometimes lose it later in his starts, but also when he has really, really good starts, uh, the offense does not always show up behind him. Uh, he will go for Game 2 uh, in this series. And Jesus Lazardo, uh, who has had a couple of starts so far this season that have looked very, very good, uh, first start of the year against the Mets on opening day, uh, he goes five and two-thirds, uh, allows zero runs. Uh, and then on April 5th, or not opening day, on day two of the season, I should say. Alcantara was the Marlins opening day series, uh, opening day starter, I should say, but opening series against the Mets uh, is what I was going for. Five and two-thirds on March 31st. Uh, it allows just two hits, no runs, and then in his latest start, seven innings, five hits, uh, just one run, 10 strikeout performance for Jesus Lazardo, whose ERA currently sits at .71. Uh, for Aaron Nola, of course, we know he's had a bit of a shakier start to the season in just a couple of starts, three and two-thirds, uh, five runs allowed uh, on actual opening day against the Texas Rangers. Uh, and then April 5th in New York, six innings, three runs. M- looked a lot much better, more comfortable. Got his ERA down from the 12s down to 745. Uh, but certainly not what you want out of a guy in Aaron Nola who's in a contract year. I mean, and this guy is pitching for his baseball earnings uh, in 2024. And whether that'll be in Philadelphia or otherwise, uh, certainly will be interesting to see how that plays itself out. Uh, but when we look at this pitching matchup, I think the number one thing to watch and that I'll be interested in seeing what happens uh, with this lineup, and I mentioned it a little bit to begin this segment, and Rob Thompson was asked about it, kind of gave a non-answer, said we'd discuss it, uh, but he kind of surprised some people by putting Bryson Stott in the leadoff spot uh, in in Monday's game. He's been working some really good at-bats. Again, I mentioned the 10-game inning streak to start the season, which is a career high for him. I mean, Bryson Stott is playing here through 10 games, the best baseball that we've ever seen him play in a Phillies uniform. Again, a short period of time, but he really looks locked in right now. He's working some great at-bats, a really prototypical leadoff hitter. That's no knock on Trey Turner. He's probably the best overall hitter, best overall player on this team right now, certainly with no Bryce Harper, but he might even be with Bryce Harper in the lineup. Uh, But when it comes to you know, just getting a guy on and working a pitcher and setting up the stage for the that rest of the lineup and giving this lineup a little bit more depth than it already has. When you got look at a guy uh, like Bryson Stott, he's a lefty. Would Rob Thompson stick him uh, in the leadoff spot against the lefty in Lazardo? I think that'll be interesting. Again, he kind of ducked the question a little bit when he was asked, said it was something to consider. Uh, would they ever make Bryson Stott the everyday leadoff hitter? Certainly worked. Uh, whatever kind of spark he plugged, and you know he did contribute to this offensive outpouring on Monday night. Uh, it, it, does he go with the creature of habit and just the feel thing? Well, it worked on Monday. We'll do it again. Uh, or we do know that Rob Thompson is you know someone who studies righty lefty stuff and uh, you know thinks that kind of stuff matters. So would he stick the lefty uh, batting first uh, against the lefty in Jesus Lazardo? Uh, I think certainly that is something to monitor here. That will do it for today's episode of the Phillies Today podcast. Again, stay tuned. I believe I'll be back with you uh, tomorrow talking about day two, or game two of the Phillies-Marlins series. A great offensive outpouring, a game the Phillies absolutely needed, and in 15-3 the final. Uh, We will talk to you tomorrow. 
right here on Phillies Today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.